0: Welcome to the New Books Network.
1: Welcome to SIAC Stories, brought to you by the Sydney Southeast Asia Centre at the University of Sydney. This podcast tells the stories of our members. I am your host, Natalie Pearson. King Washi Rabut was King of Thailand from 1910 to 1925. He is known to Thais as a nationalist king who proposed an essential Thai-ness through his myriad of writings. In addition to being a prolific writer, he also translated over 60 texts from Western sources. These translations, suggests today's guest, can reveal the political role of the king during Thailand's semi-colonial era. To share more, I am joined by Dr. Faris Yotasamud, a lecturer at the Department of Literature, Kasetsat University, Thailand. Faris' research and teaching expertise is Thai literature. He received his PhD in International Comparative Literature and Translation Studies from the University of Sydney in 2021, and was an active member of SEAC during his time in Sydney. His research interests include literature and history, and translation in Thailand's semi-colonial context. His current research project focuses on representation of the Orient in Western popular novels that were translated into Thai during the colonial era. Faris, welcome.
0: Thank you, Natalie, for having me.
1: Very nice to speak to you again after having spent so much time with you during your PhD candidature at the University of Sydney and having this opportunity to reconnect through the SIAC Stories podcast. So, thank you so much for joining us. So, our topic today is King Wachira Wood's translations and the Thai semi colonial context. For those of us not familiar with Thai history, can you start by explaining why you use the phrase semi colonial to describe Thailand's experience with the British?
0: So to start, Thailand is the only country in Southeast Asia that has not been colonized during the colonial era. So in contrast to that fact, in court, a lot of scholar in Southeast Asian history and also in Thai studies propose that actually we can view Thailand or Siam, that we call at the time, as semi-colonial country because even the country was not... Formerly colonized by the British or French or any other power from the West, Thailand succumbed into the condition of semi-colonial, which means the country followed the step and followed the pattern that already happened in other colony in Southeast Asia. In terms of the economy and also in terms of social development. For example, you mentioned about the experience with the British. The condition of the semi colonial might start from 1855, okay, which marked by the signing of the Bowring Treaty with Britain. And that's kind of engendered condition that most of the scholars call semi colonial.
1: Thank you, Faris. I think that's really important in setting up for us the discussion because, as you say, many people. Claim that Thailand is the only Southeast Asian country not to have been colonised, so to think of it as having this semi-colonial experience in terms of its relationship with the British is really useful. So let's turn to your work now, which looks at the king's translations of Western sources. What sort of sources was the king interested in?
0: King Washua was a prolific writer and translator. He translated over 60 texts from English sources and also the French sources as well. And most of the texts that he translated are stage play or dramas. And some of them are short stories and novels. And the third kind are Sanskrit literatures. Some of them were disseminated to the Thai public through newspapers and magazines at the time. And some of them were published in the magazine that the king himself was the editor, a magazine called Tawi Panja, which is the magazine of the club that the king worked as a president of that club. So his kind of works were published to the people who these kind of medias, but some of them were kept to the king himself only and the scholars discover his work after he deceased.
1: Yeah. So was that part of the work that you had to undertake, uncovering the sources that had not been publicly made available?
0: Not at all. Every work that that I need to tackle have already made available to the public, but I need to kind of reach my hand out to find out where these kind of texts are in, because some of the texts are not so popular right now but some of his work are very mainstream because they are read in school today so there are some popular work and some work that not so many people know there exist
1: that's really interesting and it strikes me as so unusual that a king would be undertaking this kind of translation activity was it considered unusual at the time in Thailand and how is it seen today?
0: Actually, the king of Thailand at the time, like at the start of the Bangkok era, some of the kings were, we call it poet kings or writer kings, yeah, like the King Rama II. He was very well known about his poetic excellencies. <laughs> and so, in terms of this kind of traditions, King Washua would follow his predecessor's step in the poetic endeavor. But in terms of translation, I think, yes, he was kind of exceptional in this case because he was a translator, a great translator. And the way he spent time and effort in translation can reveal a lot to me or to the readers that he really interested in the text that came from the outside of Thailand, which is the Western sources.
1: Yes, exactly. And you have suggested that he was greatly interested in the West as a source of knowledge and of modernization. So do we see this interest evident in what he chose to translate when he was selecting Western sources?
0: The number of the texts that he translated already tells us about how much interest he put in this translation, sixty texts also. He spent a lot of time in reading Western novel, western short story and western dramas, and then he chose to translate some things. And that means then the text that he translated must intrigue him to A certain extent.
1: All right. So the king used his translations quite strategically, it seems, by appropriating both the West and Western discourses in the source text to tackle domestic issues at home in Siam. What sort of issues was the king interested in addressing during his reign?
0: First off, I need to address this notion a little bit because when we say strategic, is not strategic in the sense that the king used translation to tackle or use it against his like, rival in terms of the, you know, political rivalry or something like that. But it's in the sense of the self determination. This is the word that I use in my research. I use the term self determination because actually the issues that happened to the king was mental issues or kind of insecurity issue to some extent.
1: So you're talking about self-determination in the sense of his own personal development or within the context of Siam's development?
0: Both. So in terms of his personal issues, I need to give some background that the king was born in Thailand, right? And he went to Britain to study. So some scholar proposed that the King lacked the connection with author of his relative and also with other bureaucrats that work for his father, which was uh, the King Shuralankon or Rama V at the time. So when he came back to Thailand and act as the Crown prince and he faced these kind of issues a lot that he couldn't connect and couldn't work very well with these kind of people. So that engenders some issues for the king that he needs some kind of security to rely on.
1: Yeah, I think that background really helps explain why he had this sort of personal insecurity and also how he used the translations to address political conflict with bureaucrats, as you say. What about using it to address the relationship between the state and ethnic minorities? Was that also a factor?
0: Yes. The relation between Siam government right, and other ethnic minority in the country was one of the main issues that the king raised concern about. For example, there was a riot or the strike from Chinese minority in Bangkok before the king succeeded the throne. And that played a crucial role in shaping the way King Vashina would view towards the Chinese minority in Bangkok or in Siam at the time. So the issues about the ethnic minority was a very great concern for the king. And he used... A lot of his literary work, including translation, to tackle that issues. For example, there is one well-known article of the king called The Jews of the Orient, which he addressed the Chinese minority in Bangkok as the Jews of Siam. And he kind of attacked the Chinese minority at the time for not being Thai or not trying to make themselves become more Thai at the time and that's kinda made the king infuriating at the time. So he used a lot of techniques to deal with this situation. Like he introduced the legislation about the way that people who migrate from other country can change their nationality to Thai if they had one Thai ancestors, and he also used uh, translation and literary works as well to deal with this problem. And I see in the translation, he really tackled these issues by representing the Chinese in the translated works. He translated the work of Gilbert and Sullivan's The Mikado and We might already know that the Mikado is the story about the Japanese. When he translated this work into Thai, he changed everything, every background, every settings and characters in the play into Chinese character and Chinese settings. And that means he tried to represent the Chinese in a comical way in the play. And in the play itself, it raised the issues about race and ethnicity as well. And when we read the story as a whole, it kind of represents the attitudes of the king about the Chinese, why we need to change from the Japanese to Chinese in Thai context. And I think when we consider the relationship, Between the king and the ethnic minority, which was Chinese in Bangkok or in Thailand, we can interpret the way he translated this text.
1: How did his translations inform Thai national identity at that time?
0: I think the translation in terms of the way that someone imports some aspect or knowledge or any entity from the foreign country or the foreign culture, into one's own culture can play a significant role in develop their own national identity. For example, in the life of King Weshua, uh, he was a British alumni, right? And he translated a lot from English sources. And I think the King's Nationalist Project, a lot of scholars pointed out that he actually borrowed or imported from the British nationalism. There is a motto about nationalism in Thailand that we call chat Sasana Pam Nation, Religions and the King which I believe borrowed from the British motto God, kings, and Country. So that means the King's nationalism was a product of translation. So I think if we consider translation in a broader sense, it's the process of import and borrow from other country. And in our situation, it was in the colonial context. That means the nationalist king actually imported and borrowed the things that he proposed as national identity from the West. I think this encapsulates the situation about Thai king in the semi-colonial era, because the influence from the West can penetrate it into the country, into the elite perception, and make them act and respond in the way that the policy that came out from those elites comply or align with the Western influence. So when we considered about the king translated works, I think there's a, a lot of Discourses that he borrowed from the West. For example, he translated a few works from Sanskrit literature, right? But actually, he didn't translate them from the Sanskrit version, but he actually translated them from the English version. I call this kind of translation relay translation. That means some English orientalists translated the text from Sanskrit to English and then the king translated from English to Thai. And I want to propose that the English text that was translated by English Orientalists affects the translation of King Wood a lot, and he borrowed Orientalist discourse in his translation as well. The general scholar in Thai literature mostly viewed the translation from Sanskrit as the way the king proposed Thai national identity because. Like in the past, Thai culture had a very close link with Indian culture. So this scholar proposed that actually the king want to reverse back to the past and want to use the past and Thai tradition as the way to propose the national identity at the time. But in my view, the way he proposed national identity was from the Western source and effects by... The Orientalist discourse, which actually came from the West. So, in conclusion, we can say that Thai national identity, in some sense, was a product of translation and was a product of the foreign culture as well.
1: That's a really fascinating example. Thank you for sharing that. You mentioned that some of his translations or his writings, I'm not sure which, are still used or still referenced in schools in Thailand today. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and how they're used in an education context?
0: For the current settings, I think it is not. But some of the King translations are read in school. Most of those translated works are the work of Shakespeare, Romeo and Juliet, and The Merchant of Venice which were translated into Thai and changed the details in the story and changed the format of the story for a bit. And the way these works are read in school mostly depend on the poetic value of the text, not the way the king translated it, and not due to the message about Thai identity or Thai nationalism at all. But some of the King works, fictions, detective story, this kind of work were published, I believe, like a ten years ago. Okay, so people read those work in terms of popular story, popular fictions, not in terms of the way the story deal with the political agenda or the way that the story deal with Thai identity. So, I think it's safe to say they are not relevant today.
1: I'm interested in the state of Thai translation at the moment today and whether there is still a large amount of literature from the West being translated into Thai or whether the source material is coming from other languages that are not necessarily from the Western world.
0: Right now, there are more sources that have been translated into Thai, like Japanese, Chinese. Italian, French, and Russians as well. But the majority of the work that are translated today are from English source. English is still a dominant force in cultural aspect in Thailand, and I believe in other country as well that the work from the English source still play like a bigger role than other literature.
1: And the king was really inspired by what he saw as the knowledge and the modernization of the West. Do you think there is still that same attitude in Thailand towards Western sources, or has it changed? Looking within Thailand, for example, for knowledge and modernization?
0: I think people today still see the knowledge and discourse that come from the outside world or come from the West the U.S. or Europe, as superior to the thing that's circulated locally. In terms of Thai academia, we need to focus on published international journal, right? And we like place Thai journal or Thai academic journal on the second tier, not the first tier. I think that's like a hierarchy in knowledge and discourses that come from the West still considered as superior and more prestige.
1: Faris, thank you for sharing with us your research on this, you know, very discreet period in Siam's history, the country we now know of as Thailand, and explaining to us your research about the king's translations and his writings. And we've really enjoyed having you along on the SIAC Stories podcast and welcoming you back to SIAC, if only over the internet, for a brief period. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you. You've been listening to SIAC Stories, brought to you by the Sydney Southeast Asia Centre at the University of Sydney. Make sure to keep up with all our SIAC Stories podcasts by following us on your favourite podcasting app. If you like the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. Every positive review helps new listeners find the show. And, of course, let your friends know about us on social media.